came in peace for all mankind. Welcome back to NASA Vending Machine. I am your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined by my fellow spacefaring, Mars-living mm-hmm. co-host, Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Um, who wants to watch some soccer? <laughs> uh, boring game, anyways. Yes, uh, of course, Ed doesn't like soccer. Ed does not like soccer. He's an old, Shocking. old-fashioned guy. <laughs> Uh, well, we are back to discuss For All Mankind Season 4, Episode 2, entitled Have a Nice Saul, um, mm-hmm. in which our plot for uh, Season 4 continues to develop a mm-hmm. little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, should we go uh, in a little uh, character by character breakdown here? Um, sure, sure. We could do that. Why not? Yeah. Um, well, we have, I mean, so predominantly we have two parallel stories being mm-hmm. told here with a third story out there. Right. Um, the two parallel stories are Miles and Danielle, who we mm-hmm. left at the end of last week, both on their way to Mars. They are now both arriving in Mars. Um, Miles to work for Helios, Danielle to take command of the base. Uh, Miles gets shown around the base, and we should probably talk about the oh. most important most, news of the week. I, I can't believe we anything. left it. To this long down, I, I can't. I sent you a text when it happened. Um, my notes actually go blank at that point because I, I blacked out and sent you a text about it. I, I I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that we saw what we saw. One of the first things Miles sees upon landing at Happy Valley is, yes, you guessed it, a vending machine. A vending machine! <laughs> uh Thank you to whatever for I, all mankind writers are trolling us. I, really enjoying look, it. I, I don't know. I don't know whether we are picking up on their hilarious vibe where they made the vending machine so key to season two and they wanted to bring it back as a nod to that. Or they got a kick out of the fact that somebody doing a podcast about their show got such a kick out of the vending machine that they named their <laughs> podcast after it. I, <laughs> I don't know. Either I'm not way, saying they know that we exist, and it's a shout out to us. But we exist with this name because of how hilarious we thought the vending machine of fate was in season two. And so to have there be, and then all last season we speculated about would there be a Mars vending machine, and the first thing that Miles <laughs> gets to see upon getting to Happy Valley is uh, if you want stuff, you can buy it from this vending machine, which has got like a touch screen and stuff right on in the it. Lobby there. You use the you use the script, which is mm-hmm. um, by the way, uh, this th- throughout this episode you get this the parallel, especially since he he was a, an oil worker, right? The parallel oil, right, to yeah. these people who are taken out to places like oil uh, wells or oil uh, p- platforms or like in mines and places that are like way out and they they have to camp and live out there. Um, this is a historic thing about they pay them in scrip, they deduct yeah. things from their wages, they're, because they're completely, their lives are it's a, it's completely a, controlled. It's a comp- company town. Company town, yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy Valley is a company town, but at least it's got a vending machine. At least it's got a vending machine. Uh, so we, fi- we follow Miles around a bit. Uh, Miles is not having the experience that he had been hoping for. He was supposed to be working on the asteroid program, but it's on hold after the disaster we saw in episode one. So instead, he's stuck doing base maintenance, which is basically fixing the HVAC. Yeah. Um, his, uh, his bunks are not great. He's bunking with several other people. Uh, in fact, we learned that he has taken the bunk of the guy who, the other guy who died. <laughs> on the asteroid mission yeah. last week who went out there for um, his bonus right and is uh, uh sadly uh bit it 
yeah. uh, and he has tons of problems. He can't load his mail uh, because the, like the bandwidth is is messed up for the people downstairs. Uh, he, he eats terrible MREs. Yeah. Um, all this stuff. No where windows. It's just the experience is terrible. No windows. He gets a poster, like a little picture of the outside yeah. strapped up there. <laughs> That'll do uh, it. <laughs> um, and he gets frustrated at one point and he talks to his boss and to Ed. Uh, Ed does not have any sympathy for mm. him. <laughs> Ed says basically, suck Ed, it up, boy. We're on, yeah, Mars. You're on Mars, man. Um, and so he has ended up befriending basically one of the people who he lives with um whose na- name is Sam is that her name mm. she's the um, one who was the she's uh, the other one on who was on the asteroid on mission, the asteroid yeah. mission and watched her buddy uh go out the door and yeah. and get munched get impaled yeah get impaled um and so you know he basically at one point when he finally gets his mail and we'll talk about that plot elsewhere uh he basically starts lying through his teeth to his family um, and is like, why am I here? I'm not making any money because they deduct all these payments, right? Like everything yep. that I get is deducted from my paycheck. So I'm not making as much money as I thought I would. And I can't go home because they'll basically want to recoup their investment. Right. Uh, and so I'm uh, trapped. eventually I'm indentured on Mars, yep, basically. Exactly. He's trapped in a life of indentured servitude on Mars, fixing people's AC and yeah. occasionally having them ask him to fix their sink, even though that's not his job. <laughs> I'm sure glad uh, we didn't name this uh, podcast NASA Air Conditioner Repairman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been real awkward. Mm. Uh, anyway, at the end, his friend takes him to uh, the bar. Uh, speakeasy. The, the secret bar. Yeah, the speakeasy run by Ilya, uh, who we met very early on as sort of a black marketeer. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he starts to find maybe a little bit of a community there, but it's still, life isn't great. It turns out that there is, there is a parallel kind of community happening down there, but it's, it's, yeah, it's black market and not great and all of that. And you mentioned the parallelism. There is the scene that we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll get to in a minute, um, where there's the split screen and we see Mm -hmm. Danielle and Miles doing their thing. And they're like, it's so good. They kind of come together and we do that and then they, and then they go apart again and, you know, I think it's a key point to make. You point out that his letters, uh, you know, his video mail from home is not uh, downloading. And they say, yeah, that's a thing. But we also see in this episode that everybody upstairs who's like a, a, a not a service person, but an astronaut actual, or like astronaut, you know, their yeah. video is fine. So it's not that the bandwidth is physically bad downstairs. It's that. Uh, they are deprioritized, so they don't get to hear yeah. from home either. On top of everything else, it's a it's a really bad situation that um, you know D- Danielle is entering. Right, Danielle is yeah. is new to this, so she's going to have to um, figure it out. And in this episode, you know, she makes some she makes some decisions that yeah improve I, the, the Danielle life story of the is, down there. Yeah, I like the Danielle story. So the, you know, the Danielle story, uh, she arrives as well, and she's met by uh, Ed. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Uh, Ed is the the XO, so uh, he's wearing his patch for Grigori having died, and as the uh, I don't remember, I'm struggling to remember what her name is. The the woman below Sam, yeah. I'm calling her Sam because I thought that's what okay. it said in the uh, in the captions, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, points out nobody has a patch for her buddy who died and went out there right. for his bonus. Nobody remembers that he died right. too. Nobody's um, got the black armband that says bonus guy yep. on it. It's a bonus guy, BG. Yeah. Um, Tom, Tom uh, Parker, Colonel Tom Parker. Was Colonel, that's right. His name is Tom Parker. I did make me laugh uh-huh. when they said that. <laughs> um, a weird Dutch accent. I don't know. It's a, no, anyway. Yeah, it's strange. Um, uh, the, we also see, uh, she sees Lee, who is our North Korean 
uh, astronaut who we saw at the end of last season. Yeah, first man on Mars. The first man on Mars, who is back up there, but is basically not allowed to talk to her yeah. because he's got a he minder, a North Korean minder. Yeah. Uh, we also see when, when Miles is being shown around at the beginning, the North Korean compound is a separate section of Happy mm-hmm. Valley, and they are told under no circumstances to go into it. Right. Um, yeah. uh, we have um, that in that great side by side bit as Daniel and Miles go around about their day, uh, accompanied to a gorillas track, which I saw, mm. I sat there thinking, my God, is that song really 20 years old? <laughs> um, and, you know, Danielle's having a great time and she's eating all this good food. There's this great pasta up in the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mess hall. And uh, she gets to she's making friends with everybody. She's got this huge, spacious room with like a closet for hanging yeah. all her uniforms and yeah, putting all big, her books places. Big window, lots of bandwidth. Yeah, lots of bandwidth, watching all her messages. Uh, it was just fab, fabulous cinematography, it's great so parallelism good. with all these shots. And then they eventually... It, it coincides with them like crossing paths on like an elevator. An elevator. At one point. Oh, I yeah. wanted to say that in addition to the vending machine, which we've talked about, there's also apparently an automat. Yes, on, on this station, which I also thought was really fun. That he has to like open up a little bin and get his food item out. <sighs> terrible, terrible uh, meatloaf, meatloaf that may or may not be meatloaf uh, yeah. and doubles as a Mars rock if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um. So what I loved about the Danny story is because right now you think like, okay, uh, she's living this life and she's enjoying it, whatever. But Danny, I think, is one of our few characters who is like legitimately a good, (laughs) good person. Yes. And 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 she's not in. She doesn't know about the context of what's happened at Happy Valley. So she immediately she says that, you know, basically they're they're not happy um, below deck. Right. right? Like, yeah. She yeah, immediately. immediately she she cottons on, it. and it's fun because her she, at the beginning of the episode she gives like her little speech or whatever, and you could very and like everybody applauds wildly for like oh she's she's so good and whatever, and it feels like it could very easily be an excuse for her to be kind of a stuffed shirt, yeah, and be like yes I'm here and everything will it's be great, great now whatever I watch, but she legitimately knows that stuff's not going well, and she points it out to Ed, and Ed is like yeah you know <laughs> it's Mars whatever. suck it up suck it up again. Uh, yeah. Yes, because the so it turns out the one of the comm satellites is broken. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he, Ed's he, line and here is essential it. comms take priority, and she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> your personal messages from your daughter are essential comms." He's like, "Yeah, you know, right?" And it's very much the uh, I know that it's essential comms is actually not true, and it's all my personal stuff and everyone else's personal stuff. But like, we're not going to say anything about it because we're the ones who benefit from this. We're astronauts. We're essential, right? We're and that's awesome. how you create that that tiered. Uh, the, tiered society the the casts on mars already i thought it was interesting i did see a point uh, uh ron moore in an interview about season four basically said that there was like a upstairs downstairs vibe going on totally which is yeah. very much what's happening here um so danielle is like well <clears throat> if we can fix this by fixing the comsat light uh and it's like nah you're never gonna be able to fix that uh helios doesn't want like they'll send up a new one in like a year <laughs> she's like right. that's not gonna work so she basically uh, has a mission to get the satellite fixed. Um, you know what I enjoyed about this, Jason? It's mm. a thing in space that goes fine. It goes fine. Yeah, nobody dies <laughs> when they nobody fix the satellite. Dies. They fix the satellite. Yeah, they have people the, out in space great. working on the thing that's not supposed to be worked on, and everybody's like tense about it and like, oh no, and, like we're gonna have to do a reboot. And I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna blow don't up. reboot that it; it'll gonna, explode. Yeah. <laughs> and it reboots, <laughs> exactly. and it's fine. 
It's fine. It's fine. They get their TV. Now they get to watch the soccer match. They do, which is great. Disapproves of, but yeah, that's, I mean, think about morale. I mean, I know that they, they haven't solved it with this one problem. That's part of the point of this, but it is a step. And right. like, like, cause they make the point later when, when, um, when he's trying to finally, re- he can see the messages he's gotten from Earth, and he wants to respond. Miles does, and he he he's miserable, right? And he decides not to send that message because he's lying about it, right? It doesn't solve everything, but right. it is Danielle immediately saying this is not good. And think about how the morale of that station must be if they are limited in communications and they don't get like live TV and news and stuff from Earth, so they're they're almost cut off. Like that's bad and so danielle to to say uh she walks in the door and she's like this is not good we can't do this you you got to go fix it i'm going to supersede the order as the base commander we're going to go fix the satellite uh it it is an immediate result and it's kind of a nice thing to see that danielle gets a win even if it isn't like curing all the ills yeah no i i again danielle is one of our very most sympathetic characters i think in this show um and uh also Chris, they do it chris marshall has probably the most like delicate of aging yes <laughs> makeup of last year i feel like compared to hairs. a lot of the a few others gray hairs. a few gray She's, hairs here and there she has she doesn't look a day over whatever she looked like in the late 60s yeah exactly <laughs> um all right so uh back on earth we have uh two other stories that get sort of intertwined uh first of all we have um we have Kelly, yeah. who is uh, running a program at NASA to find life on Mars using tech from Dev's robot company. Right. Uh, so Dev is still in the space business in some capacity. Um, Eli, our our new NASA administrator, is getting a demo of this and is very impressed with everything, but basically takes her aside and is like, sorry, uh, the asteroid thing really screwed everything up. We need to get that back online because that what that makes the money. And so we're pushing back your project. Uh, indefinitely, and, basically. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and they were like ready, practically ready to go. And he's like, "No, we can't, we can't do yeah, it." I, I like Sorry. she goes, she goes to NASA, and there's the um, the well, so Ke- Alita and Kelly, right? So they are intertwined, and Kelly's got her robot program, and Alita's going to NASA, and they both they both are dealing with uh with Daniel Stern, right? He comes out to wherever. Uh, Kelly is and says you're, we're putting your pro- project on the shelf, and then Alita comes to him at his desk at at uh, at NASA head- headquarters. So they're both dealing with him. Um, and I, I just the note that I wanted to get out is that as she's coming into NASA, you can see that they have a memorial in front of the building. Right? It's just mm-hmm. a little uh, reminder again that this was the site of a of a terrorist bombing and a lot of people right. died. And we saw to the plot. I don't think we mentioned this last time when we talked about it, but there are also armed guards. Ah, yes. Outside sure. now. So, you know, it sure. is a very different environment mm. than the one that we remember from previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Aleda, meanwhile, is not doing great. Uh, she is no. <laughs> taking apart her TV at three 30 in the morning to fix yes. it to the frustration of her husband. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't been there? Who hasn't mm-hmm. been there? Um, and she is not going to work. We hear basically she is, you know, more or less, if not exactly lost her job, then certainly put her job she's, at risk. Yeah, she's like, at, a, at the very least, she is on a leave of absence. She basically, yeah. after she had her panic attack, she has not been back for months. Yeah. And her husband is telling her, essentially, you need to do something about this because it's it's getting bad. You either need to go to therapy or you need to get your job back 
or you need to do something, but you can't keep fixing the TV at three, and, three o'clock and, in the morning. And she says, she says, uh, no more therapy, no more pills. So it's very clear that she's actually done at least uh, made an attempt to get yeah. therapy and to take medication for probably for her PTSD, PTSD which yep. is, it's not undiagnosed, it's diagnosed PTSD. Yep. And she's still like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Which is really, I think, amazing when she goes in and talks to Daniel Stern because he says you need to talk to somebody, <laughs> and she's. I, I'm sitting. I'm thinking that she's like, dude, I have talked to everybody. I'm mm. not. But she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to be fine now. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, until, that's yeah. not not the case. Unfortunately, no, no, because he mentions Margot, and that immediately triggers another PTSD uh, incident. At which point, after saying that she would come back, she's like, no, I quit. <laughs> and she leaves. Yeah. So she heads out to our, our favorite hangout, Jason, Julio's Tex-Mex, mm. um, which is the the rebranded Outpost. Yeah, it's uh, the Outpost. It's the Outpost, but now it's Julio's Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she's there getting a drink, she sees Kelly. Uh, and she goes to talk to Kelly. And we are reminded that she was essentially running the mission when Kelly was... Uh, throw boosted launch. She says, off you, you, You're Mars. the one who said that they should strap me to an MSAM and fire me into space. And she's like, Well, yeah. She said, What do you mean? Like, she's apologetic about it. Elena is. And she's like, What do you mean? You saved me and my kid. <laughs> Have a seat. I'll buy a drink. <laughs> yeah. And they, they get really they drunk together. <laughs> yeah. They get really drunk together as they both complain about Hobson. Uh, and essentially, Kelly wakes up. Oh, I love that suggestion. <laughs> we should toy, we should TP Hobson's house. Yeah, uh, and I really and, thought we okay. were going to see that for a minute. So, so this is a moment that I want I, because of because of what happens in the next scene. I, this yeah. was really brilliantly set up. They're like, I was going to find it. You know, the li- liquid is the perfect medium for life. She says in a drunken way, and they all get taken away. She's like, I was going to find it. I was right there, and they look at each other. And I say to Lauren in that moment, I'm like, yeah. Let's go into business together. I had the same thought. I had the exact same thing. It was like, Oh, they're going to start a company. And then she says, Let's go TP Hobson's house. And I'm like, Oh, okay, or that. <laughs> cut to, cut to. She's laying on a couch. Uh, uh, Kelly, Kelly is up. laying on the couch, and 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 Alita's kid walks up to her and says, "Hey, lady, you barfed on our carpet." <laughs> Amazing. Uh, she is really hungover. Alita is totally fine, totally and fine. in fact has drawn up a business plan for yeah. private funding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little like the uh, which uh, I... that's, that scene at the end of Ghostbusters where they're all covered in foam, and Bill Murray is immaculate and they're like huh? yeah right it's like yeah alita alita is living you know she doesn't sleep she's it's all good she's she's just sobered up and immediately started working on a business plan i do have to give huge props here to alita's husband victor who is totally rolling with the punches on yeah. this one because like she's like oh uh you know a drunk lady on our couch who's thrown up there need some coffee let me bring you some coffee <laughs> like uh, it's got to be a ride. Work there. Being Alita's husband, right? It's got to be a ride because she's brilliant yeah. and she's obviously has these manic periods. She's been through a lot. She, but but working at NASA, she would have been just weird hours and 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 like I, I imagine that this is all just kind of you got to be able to roll with the punches like he does. But yeah. um, but we do get that. So like two minutes, three minutes later, after the moment where I thought. We should go into business together. Instead, they're going to TP Hobson's house. They uh, they literally, it's like, we should go into business together. I'm like, yeah, get some private funding. We'll just keep building the, this funding. robot on Mars. I'm like, all right, yeah, we did it. Yeah, okay. We, we you know, we it was a process. 
Yeah. The, um, they they just had to do what the what they did in the old days, what Kelly's parents did in the old days, which is get uh, get real real drunk at the outpost, and then you know just dead. Oh, I the other thing the other thing that I I commented on while they were at the outpost is, and they were having their like you know old times and. And yeah, you were here and all that. I thought, I thought, yeah, your uh, your mom had sex with your uh, your school <laughs> chum right over there on that bar. We oh, don't talk man. about that, we okay? Don't about we that. don't talk about uh, that. That and the, she mentions the pasta nights, which I remember. Remember how Ed hated the real Parmesan cheese, right? Uh, he only liked the canned powdered stuff. stuff yeah. Yeah, um, and and again, uh, uh, she mentions that her mom owned the place for a while, and I thought to myself, like, man. A lot of things. Karen did a lot of things. Karen did a lot. Yeah, she did, including yeah. And that was yeah. That was the moment when she said, "My mom even owned this place for a while." And I'm like, "Yeah." And how did that go? How did that go with uh, yeah? Good old good old well. Danny. Uh, but hey, she's dead. <laughs> Let's yes. move on. Sorry, right, we're moved on. We're moving uh, on. We have a little tag at the a little tag at the end of this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Margot Margo. in Russia uh, wakes up. Uh, turns on her TV to find it is only showing Swan Lake. Oh, uh, oh. For those who don't know. Because I said, I turned to Lauren, I'm like, Swan Lake, no. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, okay. When something is happening in the Soviet Union, somebody's died or dying, or perhaps there is a, uh, a, a coup happening, whatever it is, the Russian TV just goes to Swan Lake. The radio, like it's just like a blackout of information. They're just playing that. And the people in the Soviet Union knew that it meant something. But the idea was you just don't talk about it and you patiently wait for whatever is going to happen to happen. And then you can move about your life. So that moment when she turns it on, it's just Swan Lake. I'm like, oh, but we already got the indication right from her meeting in the first episode in the park that like something's Something's going down. But what? And now here Swan Lake is a sign that it's going down. Uh, the phone is staticky. Her K, her presumably KGB, KGB minder, minder is mind is missing. His car is there, there s- but he is his not. car is gone. He's gone. Sirens are everywhere. Mm. She goes to see her favorite baker, who is like, "I got to bake some bread. You get uh, get out of here." What is what is going on? <laughs> Nichivo. Nothing. <laughs> get out of uh, here. Yeah. The the newsstand that she frequents is being shut down. Yeah. Someone there's a crowd that is gathered. Someone's like, "Where's Gorbachev?" Which is your first sign that uh-huh. something is oh, real bad. Uh, and then the cops basically throw in tear gas and start grabbing everybody, including Margot. Yeah. And she is hauled off after basically trying to help her buddy, the newsstand the proprietor, newsstand who's yeah. getting beat up. She gets uh, uh, her glasses broken and knocked off, and she's hauled away. And yeah, uh, so for those who don't, also a little historic stuff in the summer of 1990, uh, so this, you know, in a different timeline uh, from this show. Uh, this happened. Gorbachev was uh, at, at on his vacation retreat, his his Dasha uh, somewhere, and uh, and there was a coup, and um, it they tried to get him out, and uh, that was going on. A bunch of generals and stuff, and then like that's when Boris Yeltsin went on the the steps of the Russian Parliament, and in the end, it failed. But um, but that's the echo they're doing here, I think. Yeah, I part of me wondered if like maybe we were gonna do a like a pseudo Putin too. Like I, I don't think this show would have the actual you know, Prob- the man himself, well, but like an a, an authoritarian or autocratic leader in his 
mold right felt I, like i think those are the questions is is it gorbachev coming through it at the end is it but something changes in the you know there's been a, a compromise reached is it a putin-esque figure like from the kgb who is ends up in charge and it's very much sort of like he's just standing for putin or is it a yeltsin-esque figure right some sort of a populist person who ends up but like clearly there's going to be a change in the power structure that's why this story is going on that's why we had the foreshadowing last time something is gonna is gonna alter here and and i'm gonna guess that this is what what Margot got twigged to and assuming she is not locked in a in a gulag forever uh, that she, uh, that they have plans for her, whoever this is. Someone, someone has this. plans for yeah. her, whether yeah. or not they're on the side Who knows? of the yeah, but good. It, I don't know. On, yeah. on the meta level of the show, it would seem that this is how she gets out of her stasis that she's in now is that some, right. some shift is going on here and presumably Margo will be affected by it, but that's all we and know. It, Cause it, she gets to one scene and that's it. It's also interesting because it does a, you know, again, a contrast to where things were as you compared it to the Gorbachev, you know, like 1990s. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the early 2000s here. The Soviet Union has persisted. Gorbachev was still in power. Yeah. Um, so we've had this like the perestroika and the glasnost and stuff like that. So it is, you know, we had the multiple newspapers and like it was a little the society was a little more open. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it also feels like you need some conflict there and this show is predicated on the conflict of the you know the u.s versus the ussr yeah going back to the first season so it feels like maybe we're going to end up backsliding a bit into something where we have a little sure. bit more tension between our all, superpowers in that first episode there's a whole like oh the cold war is over everything's great now which is obviously like that gives them a place to go and then add complication to which is interesting right. i also in addition to the gorbachev um failed coup in 1990 um I'm reminded of, uh, and and then you know when when he left, and it was the rise of the oligarchs and all that. But keep in mind that the politically in this timeline, all that got deferred by the great success that they had with the space program, leading to sort of like other other things that allowed Gorbachev to sort of like keep the Soviet Union together, and they were they were more wealthy, and and he was able to stay in power. But uh, the other thing that I think that they might end up echoing, just a guess here, is the International Space Station, which mm. uh, was. In a moment of good relations, the U.S. and the USSR were the primary, and then and then following on Russia were the primary architects of the ISS. And in our present day, the relationship between Russia and uh, the rest of the ISS partners is terrible, and um, and yet. There are a bunch of people in space, and there's a bunch of hardware in space, and they got to keep it running. And I was thinking about how that might be one of the parallels this season with Mars, is whatever is happening geopolitically back on Earth, you're far away on another planet, and like... You you gotta you, all your stuff is there, right? Like, I mean, you can't, and that's what it is with the ISS is the same thing. So I wonder if that that's going to be part of the the story too. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. interesting, but yeah. they're shaking it up, and and of course, it's they got a whole season here and a whole story to tell. Um, I, I also wanted to mention because we said it last week. Um, what do people know about Margot? And I thought it was interesting again that when yeah. when when uh, Aleda has her uh, incident, her PTSD, you know, incident. Uh, brought up by Margot's name, I had that same thought, which is, and she's like, and then she also, you know, I'm no Margot. Uh, trigger, all of that is going on, and and I said to Lauren when we were watching, I think they think she's dead, 
I don't know if yes, like we said last week. I don't know if like the CIA, CIA thinks she's yeah. dead, right? Because she's probably been seen in Moscow. Right. right? She's not being like held in a remote right. location. No, she's where, going and buying yeah, stuff and buying, buying bread. bread. <laughs> yeah, she has a long leash. It looks like in right? in Moscow. So, but but so that's another thing I want to monitor because. I, I still keep thinking that, like, at some point here, Margot is going to appear. Right. And, and I think Elena's going to have a bad reaction to I, that. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be a real moment. But but like Danny, we don't... The, the show is holding that card. It's like, we don't actually know what happened to Danny. And they may not want to talk about Danny, because they may have looked at what they did with Danny and said, well, let's just pretend that it's over now, because we mm, let's not do that again. Uh, but, but with Margot, like, it's right here. Like, what do, what do people know? I, I assume... Uh, based on the scene with with um, Alita, that she thinks Margot died. Yeah, but, I mean her flashback is to walking into the office where most of the office is gone. Right? Yeah, right. So yeah. that's just out there, and I'm look. That's going to be great. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do yeah, it, but like, oh, that's going to be great when it's revealed that she's just been buying bread in Moscow for the last ten years, or se- I guess seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah. And I do wonder about the future of Margot too, and whether she. Yeah. Does she have an interest in going back? Like, does she, you know, she knows right. she betrayed her country and she knows she's kind of screwed, but like, I, I don't, she's clearly not enjoying life in Russia. Right. So does <laughs> but she, she feels like I got no other options. Basically. Right. Does she want to go home? Uh, does she want to uh, stay in Russia, but be a participant in what they're doing? Or uh, does she want to go to space? She's never been to space. There's fewer laws in space. She might not be arrested as a as a traitor and taken back home if she if she gets into space or goes to Mars or something. But she's never been. She's not been one of the the space people. She's been one of the mission control people. That's all all there to play for. Like what is what does Margot want to be? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm. And she wants to work more than anything, right? I think yeah. that's the big yeah. part. Like, but this is her life. Not allowed to, and yeah, she's not exactly. been able to do it. But like, I just, what is that second act for Margot? And is it? Uh, I don't know. I, it just it's really interesting, right? Like the, the the we'll see. That's all. That's all. <laughs> that's all we can guess right now is that she's going somewhere, and that's going to be fun to see. I, I after last season, I was like. What are they doing with Margot? Like seriously, yeah. what are they doing with Margot? And now they got a plan. I don't know what the plan is, but there's uh, it's dangerous for on a Ron Moore show to say they they have a plan. But <laughs> I think they do actually. The writers actually do have a plan for what they're doing with Margot. Oh yeah, so that's good. Hundred percent. The Cylons um, didn't yeah. have a plan, but no, the Cylons had zero. Plan. No, but the writers had, of the that was their kind their of line was like, oh yeah, we totally got we got plan. It's yep. a great plan. Yep. Can't tell you yep. what it is. No, it's a real good plan. Though. No, it's secret plan to fight secret inflation. Plan. Yep. <laughs> Reference acknowledged. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I think that's most of what's going on yeah. this week. Do we leave anything out? No. Um, um, good episode. Uh, building, right? Like you said at the beginning, really, we're building. We're putting our pieces in place here. We are. We we've gotten a better sense of what the dynamics are at Happy Valley and the upstairs downstairs nature of that. We've got a path for Alita and Kelly with their pitches about doing um doing their their Mars robot thing outside of NASA and we have the the sort of mysterious uh path of Margot and they're all just kind of like co- going along yeah. and if if this show's taught us anything it's that eventually everything will come together and probably explode <laughs> so probably explode. that's yeah. how this show uh, goes did, 
I did have a couple little, a couple note, small notes here. Mm-hmm. One, I enjoyed Miles at the beginning on the way down is taking pictures with a little digital camera, a point, a and, point shoot. and shoot, yeah, yeah, which I th- was enjoying from, from that era, you know, yeah, from that era. Uh, and then I enjoyed the Smiggy, which is their like what standard Mars issue gear or something. Oh yeah, um, and includes a watch that operates on Mars time, which mm-hmm. I liked. Um, and then. My other favorite is Ilya, our black marketeer, who offers him, you know, I can get you whatever you want, even laser discs. Yes. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. Uh-huh. The height of technology in yeah. 2000, I don't know, do we have a established what year it is? 2002? 2003, um, 2002, oh something God, like that. The year I graduated from college. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you get, laser you get, discs. You get those laser discs. Yeah, and they, they, have the, laser discs. they have D-mail, are the two mm-hmm. different kinds. Uh, D for, I guess, digital mail. Uh, we, we don't digital even mail, that. sure. It's just yeah. not email. It's Defense just one of those mail. little things. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, that, was a, that was a nice moment. The Korean stuff, I'll just, I want to spotlight that again just oh, to say the, the fact that we see uh, our, our, our guy Lee and uh, he's got a minder and that the whole thing is, it, is completely off limits, the North Korean part. Uh, which is sounds like North Korea, right? That sort of fits, but like that's fascinating. That that I I doubt that they are enclave. Yeah. yeah, like there's something going on there. There's 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 like that they wouldn't be there <laughs> yep, if there wasn't exactly. something there, going there's... on there. But it's very interesting to me, and I wonder about Lee himself because we got to meet him, and he's kind of interesting character, and and uh, now he's completely under lockdown, which is fascinating. Yeah, exactly. I I really enjoyed. That having they they've negotiated right for their own little enclave. They're mm-hmm. like, oh yes, we will be part of your base, but only if we can have a separate part that nobody else can come into. Yeah, it's like okay, sure, sure, yeah, why not? Uh, that that won't be ominous. Nothing bad will happen right. with that, I'm sure. Well, they're not allowed at the vending machine. That's it. They can't, they can't Sorry, go to the vending machine. No, no script. vending machine for you. Yeah, vend your own yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, maybe they have their own vending machine, Jason. Oh man. Inside, fix their own money. Know. Could be, yeah. could be one big vending machine behind that door. Like they they oh. they crawl inside. <laughs> There's like a hammock between the little hangers. It's just one big vending machine that the North Koreans are. Maybe not. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out. I guess. We're, all well, right. Yeah, maybe so. Well, that is all we got for episode two. Yeah. We'll be back, of course, to talk about episode three. Uh, next time but uh, until then uh, I don't know have a nice Saul Jason have a nice week of Saul's (laughs) 